Welcome to Cadence in the Clouds podcast, where we share inspiration and best practices while on your purpose journey with host Karen St. Hilaire. Today, my guest is the one and only author, entrepreneur, most inspirational individual that you will meet on this side of the Hudson. Mrs. Fatima Scipio. Hello, Fatima. Hi. Hi. How are you? I am doing quite well. Thank you so much. You are my very first guest on Cadence in the Cloud, and I am so excited to have you. That is so exciting. Thank you so much for having me. Woohoo! And congratulations on your podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So, audience, let me just put it out there. Let me just be so transparent. Fatima is one of my bestest, bestest friends in the whole wide world. She is the mother of my most magnificent, one of the best prayer partners that you can ask for in this world. And she is a great partner to have on a purpose journey. And what joy do I get to interview her as my very, very first guest. So, as I was sharing with Fatima... I wanted the audience to learn more about you, and I'm not doing the traditional bio. I want you to tell us who is Fatima Cipio. <laughs> well, um, so if I can be poetic with this, <laughs> I am a creative entrepreneur with hundreds of creative ideas that float around in my head that I take and I put it to um, hit it on the pavement and, 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 and put it into practice. I am loud laughter in a quiet room. I love to have a good time. A brave girl that believed that not only was I born to win, but that we all were born to win. I really believe that. I am what some would call a truth seeker. I love learning. I'm a lifelong learner. I am a flower in a beautiful garden surrounded by other beautiful flowers that are my dearest friends. And I'm so appreciative of the people that I've been able to come in contact with that has helped me on my path um, as a woman and, and, and growing. I have an organization that I'm extremely proud of called Young Enterprise and Sisters. And this organization is my baby, and it's all about empowering young girls to be their best selves, to teach them not only about entrepreneurship, but to help them to develop into amazing women who were born to win. So that is me in a nutshell, if you will. And I'm sitting here smiling with glee. It's not like I don't know you, but I'm like, she's a flower. Yes. She is wonderful, <laughs> creative. Yes, she's all of these things. She's not for me and for others. And I love the way that you so poetically put it together so that the audience can get a visual of who you are, but not only a visual, but it's like the sonic, like the way it's like a melody. They can feel who you are at the same time, which is something that, you know, we want the listeners of this podcast to understand you're not just a being, but you are everything that the universe, you know, has put forth. You are sound, you are light, you are creative. And so with all of these things that you are, what is it that you love to do? Like what makes your heart sing and what makes you smile when you lay in bed at night? Oh my goodness. So I love roller skating. (laughs) 
And, you know, it's because I, I love... I love being on four four wheels, not the regular, you know, little inline skating things, but four wheels. And I love movement. So I love dancing. I love roller skating. I love eating seafood. I love visiting museums. I'm an artsy person. And I really, really enjoy reading books. And um, just to, like, a little side note, I just joined a book club and... You would have thought that I hit the lotto once I joined this book club because, I mean, it's just to have a conversation with women surrounding amazing books is just, it's just the greatest thing to me. As you said you love roller skating, I thought of the song, Roll Bounce. Bounce, yes. Roll <laughs> Yes, you know, I haven't been on yeah, no, roller skating, when you say what, what what makes me smile, roller skating makes me smile. It brings me the most joy. And, you know, I haven't done it in about two years, and so I'm, I'm definitely due for it. But um, it's definitely something I love to do, and it makes me smile when I when I think about those those things that I that I really enjoy. and I love dancing. And anybody who knows me knows I will get on a dance floor and I will cut up the dance floor. But those are the things that make me make me happy. <laughs> I think I know what you should do for your next birthday. Just saying. Oh my god! I in our future. I think I want lucky numbers. And that I, is so funny. Yeah, but no, my husband left. He threw he threw me a, a roller skating party. Not a real. It wasn't a big party. But like he knows that I love roller skating. So that's the last time I went roller skating two years ago. And I'm telling you, people will think, oh my gosh, he just that was the greatest birthday I've had in such a long time because he is something that I love to do. So yeah, and it's and it's it, it's good exercise. It's good exercise. It is great exercise. It is great exercise. So with all of these things that you do, you are also an awesome author. You are an author extraordinaire. And another thing that you huh. don't necessarily talk about much is that you are a writer's coach. But we'll get into that a little bit more. But um, the author in you, when did you begin writing? And, like, what was your inspiration behind the start of your writing career? When I think about – when I think about – when I first started writing, I was very young, and I started writing poetry because I love words. I love, and it started out with writing poetry that rhymes, and then it just went and, you know, I just advanced in terms of looking at a tree and being able to create a poem based on looking at a tree. But um, I remember when I started teaching in New York City, and a part of the curriculum for my communication arts class was to teach my students how to create a writer's notebook. And in this writer's notebook, the children, you know, the students were given carte blanche. They were able to write whatever they felt, whatever they, whatever came to mind. And I thought to myself, ooh, you know, this sounds interesting. Let me, maybe I should create one too. And so a part, what it was was this little composition notebook. And to, to inspire myself and my students, we, I charged them with cre uh, creating a cover for their, the cover of the um, notebook. So I started putting pictures of things that were important to me, and that was my inspiration for writing. So every time I saw the book, I would open it up and I would write. 
And that's when I started writing little short stories based on everyday things. So things that happened on my way to work or things that happened in my neighborhood. I'm a Bronx girl, BX, yes. And um, <laughs> so I would write about the things that, that was happening around me that eventually turned into little short stories. Now, I will tell you that I never shared those stories. I, I didn't do anything with them. I let it sit for a very long time because um, at one point I started to focus more on work, 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 as opposed to the creative side of my brain. So I basically was starving my creative self. And, you know, at one point it just, you know, it wasn't good for me. I wasn't feeling happy about that. And I, I wasn't feeling happy. And I wasn't happy because I wasn't exploring my creative side anymore. I was just so focused on getting money and teaching and going to school. But it really didn't, um, it didn't do anything for, like I said, my creative side. So I, I it kind of right. went to sleep for a while. And then I had once I, and then it's funny because I had put the book to the side, my writer's notebook. And then I revisited, and I was like, wow, look at all these stories that I have. I need to do something with this. So, so that's, yeah. when, I, that, you know, that's when I remember my, my earliest memories of, of starting to write. I started as a young girl writing poetry and then in school with my students and created a writer's notebook that I had short stories in. So, um, and another thing that I don't know if people or some people know this about me, but I used to rap. <laughs> so I used to write raps. <laughs> Were you like Issa Rae in the in the mirror? No, no, this was bigger than being in the mirror. This was this was actually back in in those days. This was like the late eighties, early nineties, and my aunt used to take me around the neighborhood to battle neighborhood guys and rap. I had a really good pen game back in the day. And uh, mm. so, you know, my influences were like MC Light and Salt and Pepper and Queen Latifah, all those people. And I used to, so that's a part of writing too, you know, writing raps and lyrics. Right. And so that's what I would call myself back then. I was a lyricist because my pen game was mean. And she would take me around and I would really have these little battles with people. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just a little side note. <laughs> Oh my God! I can see you now. I can see your aunt actually told my keyboard. Listen, yes, this is when people used to bang on tables and bang on cars to give you a beat. And um, so, but that's all again. Yeah, this is that's all a part of my creative side. And you know, you just, I just as I'm talking to you, I'm just getting so excited about it because that brings me so much joy. It's nothing like finding that thing that brings you the most joy. And writing is that for me. Writing poems, inspirational poems. There was a point where I was writing inspirational plaques, and that's when I think I first started my, you know, my business. It wasn't a real business, but people loved my poems, and they were very inspirational, and I would put them in frames, and they bought them. I still have them. Do you really? Oh, you need to. Uh You got to share that. You need to take a picture and share that. (laughs) I do. That is so funny. I do. I do. I still have it. My mom found it. She was like, look. You know, my mom, you know what my mother calls you, stop Fatima. She just Uh changed her name, and that's just how she says it. And she's like, look. Right. She gave you. You guys went to school together. So, yeah, I still have it. Right. Right. to, that goes into the next question. I mean, the author that is Fatima Scipio, like, 
you know, what is the vision for the body of work that you present? Because you are correct. When we were in graduate school and you started doing the poems and putting them in, in plaques and in frames, and then you started the, the small book, the teacher's book, and then you went, yes. and like, what's the, you know, what's the vision for each body of work that you present? Because after that, we can go right into the masterpiece, the, the latest masterpiece. But <laughs> I don't know what the vision is behind all the work that you present to the public. So everything that I do, everything from writing poetry to starting writing um, my my books, my first books, is to inspire people. So when I first wrote my first book, First Aid for First Year Teachers, I was teaching, again, like I said, in the New York City public schools. And people used to, other teachers used to come to me and say, wow, how do you do this or how do you do that? And I was a brand-new teacher. And I, after that, I said, I should put what I've done to inspire my students in school, whom I'm still acquainted with now to this day, over 20-something years later. I mean, not 20-something, maybe 15 years later. But anyways, um, <laughs> to inspire other teachers to help our youth who are in these urban schools. I mean, you have students, and even to this day, who come from various homes. Some of them are broken, what some would consider a broken home. They may not have um, their parents available to them. Some students were coming to school hungry. And you had some educators who really didn't know how to deal with that. So they would label them instead of understanding them. So when I created that first book, it was really to give them some insight and some understanding on how to, one, take care of themselves as an individual, as an educator, so that they can be the best teacher that our youth deserve. They, mm-hmm. Our young people need amazing teachers. It's the, the most underrated field out here. Yet we're, we're teaching hundreds of young people to be professionals and underpaid. So anyways, you know, not to go on a, a, a rant about that, but um, so it, my first book was really to inspire educators. And then my second book, Boss Lady, uh, Seven um, Life Principles to Reign in the New Economy, came about as I started to uh, really get into entrepreneurship. And in, initially, I wanted to write a book about entrepreneurship. But as God would have it, because he runs my life, he was like, no, I want you to, if, in, or before somebody can become a boss or before somebody can, you know, become an entrepreneur, they have to renew their mindset. They have to understand purpose. And so when I wrote Boss Lady, it was it was really meant to teach people, individuals, of how to renew their mindset and developing who they are. Because, again, as I said in the beginning of our conversation, we are all born to win. And we need to tap into our talents and gifts and utilize it to the best of our ability. Because at the end of the day, I can tell you right now, when I leave this earth, I don't want to leave here with not one talent. I don't want to leave here with any gift. I want to have spent it all 
out here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that book is really to kind of help people, boss lady, to get people in that mindset that, you know what, I, I am born to win. I do have something to offer society, right. and let me tap into that and not worry about what other people are doing and staying in the lane that God has prepared for me. And mm-hmm. that's it. And really, again, being bold about it, which goes into my most recent book. Your most recent book. Nice segue. So I do love Boss Lady. I remember when you were writing Boss Lady, you were in boss mode. Everything about you was <laughs> boss mode. Like, you turned it into, like, the superwoman with a cape that had boss in the back. <laughs> and every one of us around you had to assimilate to a boss-like mentality. So it's like it be- you became this contagious, this force that we just had to, you know, fall in line with. But we were all blessed in the process because we all found our strength and we had to change our mindset on how we thought about our businesses and how we thought about our cows. And because to engage with you, we had to be of like mind, right? So we all right. feel, if you, everyone, I keep saying, get my book, Divine Butterfly, everyone has a squad. This is my squad. Like, when I say we move, when, if I call her and she goes, this is it, there's no other conversation. This is the end. <laughs> and I'm like, I wanted to say something else. No, the mindset and the the. The attitude and everything, it's so now it moves. We flow like a river, like, you know, on a brook. The masterpiece that we have in front of us with the best forward that I've ever read in any book, including my own, ever. (laughs) Thank you very much. Yes. 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 Clap it up with Jordan. I'm a fan of Jordan Scipio, okay? Yes. A little bit. The little book of bold Bold. Yes. Can you tell us about it? Yes. So um, since you mentioned Jordan, and I'm going to start off with him. So um, Jordan, 12 years old, going to be a teenager in a couple of weeks. I'm very extremely, I'm extremely proud of this, the young man that he is. I, when I was putting this book together, I asked, I said, I wonder who should I get to write a forward? Now, mind you, in my other books, I didn't have a forward, but for this book, I felt like it was needed. I wanted someone to talk about the importance of prayer. So clearly, I said, I am surrounded by a garden of beautiful flowers, which I have some amazing friends, and I could have asked any of my friends to do this, but God put it on my heart to say, get Jordan to do it. So I went to him, and I said, hey, uh, you know, Mommy's working on this book project. Would you like to write the forward? So he's like, well, what I got to do? <laughs> I said, well, just like that, well, what I, what I got to do? I said, well, you just need to tell people why prayer is important. So he said, oh, okay, sure. So I left him alone, let him go do it. He came down, brought it to me. And when I tell you I read what he wrote, which is now in the book, I cried. I cried for many reasons. One, because I said, God, thank you, because he's so insightful at such a young age. And I can tell that God has his hand on my son's life. So I'm so grateful for that. Then I let Les read it. 
And when Les read it, he cried. Because he's, he's just like, my son, he's like, my son wrote this. So, yes, Jordan wrote the foreword. It's about the importance of prayer. And that's what this book is all about. It's really about getting people to increase their prayer life, to be bold about their prayer life. And mm-hmm. I was just on a, uh, another radio show with Toya Beasley and was talking about why this, how, or how this book came about. And I'll share with the audience that, you know, I lost my mom in 2013. And I'm sorry, yeah, in 2013, mm-hmm. I lost my mom and it was unexpected. And I was always thought that I was this person, you know, you've got it all together. You've got a relationship with God and your faith is on a thousand, you know, you inspiring people with your little poems and stuff. But when my mother passed, I was lost. I was lost. I went into a depressed mode, a place of darkness because she was my best friend. And I'm sitting here like, well, God, what part of the plan is this? Like, what's good, God? What's you know? So I have these type of conversations with God. Like, what's really good? Like, I talk to Him like that. We we're good, right? And I started to no, I know it's funny, right? People, I know God laughs at me. Like, my child, my daughter, Fatima is off the hook. I know He says that about me all the time. But <laughs> I started to. I had to. The he. Some people turn to different things when trauma happens in their lives. I couldn't stay in a dark place because I have a son. And at that time, he would see me crying and in this place of, of, of down, just being down. And it wasn't good. It wasn't good for him. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for my family. And I had to turn to prayer. So I started to write my prayers to God, being very real with him, in my journals. And then um, something happened. I think, I, you know, I was on social media after my mom passed. And after she passed, I started to see so many people who were experiencing death and were going through some things. And that's when I decided that I was going to put this in book format. Now, let me be clear. I was only going to do this as an ebook, and you know that. <laughs> yeah. I was only going to do Big Bold Prayers as an ebook. But then people, I, I think I put something up on social media, and people said, oh, I want a copy. So that's what changed how I was going to deliver. I was going to deliver it. I was going to be obedient, of course. But I changed how I was going to do it. I was just going to do it as an ebook. I was going to get, I was like, I'm going to give people a physical copy of this, something that they can carry in their bag, they can walk around with and be reminded of just how awesome they are. And it's okay to go before God boldly. He loves that and using his words. So in this book, I, I don't make up the words. It's from his scripture. It's from his words. That I, that I, God gave me, downloaded to me to put it in this book format to get his children to just start speaking boldly his word. Mm -hmm. And that, and that is it. 
And what I've learned since the passing of my mom and as these four years have gone and gone into five years, it has changed my life. I, I was already praying hard, but when you, like I said, when you have something traumatic that happens to you, you tend to, your faith can waver, honestly. Like, if anybody tells you that, I don't know that they're being truthful. But for me, I was a little bit rocky. And so as I dove in to his word, I found strength in it. I found, I found purpose, more purpose. And to be, I left my job. I did a whole bunch of things since, <laughs> since um, I started speaking more boldly. I really, really did. And, um, and I'm, 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 I'm proud of, of what has happened in my life. And he's not even nowhere near done with me. And I'm just going to stick to his word. I don't, I do not get caught up, honestly, in what other people say or do. I teach my son the same thing. I focus on his word, and that's what I want people to do. Because even if you're paying attention to what's going on in, in our world, it's chaotic. And if you are not set in in a in in the ways of knowing who you are, you can be consumed by the chaos. I refuse to mm-hmm. let that happen to me and my family. And so I put this out there for everyone to just get into the boldness of who God is and who He created you to be, and that is the boldness. Oh, right. <laughs> so I'm going to backtrack a bit. I remember um, Jordan, I believe, in elementary school. Um, and he would, we, you and I, Tima and I would be on the phone and, you know, on speakerphone people, and she would be driving with the child, and he gets to school, and Jordan would lead prayer. I remember you would clearly say, girl, his prayer is getting deeper now, because before I was like, okay, God, thank you, and then he just, he would just pray for whatever situation was at school. I do remember that when he was at a very young age. And so we yes. knew that God's hand was on him. And then the let me tell you, people, when you know friends, you get the book. I got the book because Jordan wrote the forward. Right. Let's, let's be clear. Okay? Oh, my gosh. The baby just wrote this. But yes. as you were talking, I said, well, I'm going to pick up the book and I'm going to randomly opened the book and I got to day 54 and to give you a tidbit of what you can get when you go into amazon.com and purchase this book day 54 scripture do not be anxious about anything but every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God Philippians 4 verse 6 and then right below it says prayer dear God in your word you said I should be anxious for nothing in your word, you said I should come to you regarding every situation in my life. In your words, you said I should come to you by prayer and petition, giving you thanks and submit my request to you, O oh God. Lord, as I humbly come before you, I thank you for all of your promises to me in advance. Amen. I, that's the whole element, right? Because if I feel like if someone's stumbling, um, one thing I do find when I, I post on social media or I have conversations with individuals, they feel as though they should have this this whole soliloquy and this long dissertation of prayer to God, not understanding that it's the most simple conversation 
that you can have with the most loving person that hears your heart more than your words. Yes. And I think yes. this, this speaks to it. Like, even the way you wrote the prayer, this speaks to it. Like, just the simpleness of it all is what God wants. Right. He doesn't want us in our right. Gucci. He don't want us in Gucci. He doesn't care right. if we're Louis. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can have all that. All that is fine, yeah. but at the end of the day, what is in your heart? Yes, yeah, that stuff is not mandatory. But what is in your heart? God just want to commune, commune with you. Like, he wants you to walk with him. He wants you to talk with him. And just to go back a little bit, what you said about Jordan, just so, like, if you're a parent out there, teach your children how to pray over not only their life, but you. So I would get migraines, and I would say, Jordan, come over here. He didn't know that he was doing this at the age of three. I would say, Jordan, come over here. Lay some hands on me. Lay your hand on my head and say, God, heal my mommy. And he would do that. He would do that because I needed to teach him at a young age about developing a relation with God and speaking boldly at a young age. And so, parents, you know, if you're listening, you can do this with your children. Get them to teach, to speak life over themselves and over you. And that speaks to them starting their purpose journey a lot earlier than folks would assume that they did because part of Jordan's walk and his temperament now, the podcast was turned into Jordan, but part of, if you watch this child and this young man, you know, going to be a teenager, his temperament, his attitude is that of a praying person. He is really yeah. calm and collected. And his mom is <laughs> from the Bronx. His daddy, right? Me, and I don't know. And his godmommy from Brooklyn too, so he might be a situation and a problem all in one. Don't. You? <laughs> However, he is—he so has been well on his purpose journey for a long time, and I'm really excited right. about that. So, yes. what do you want every reader, everyone who picks up the book, what do you want them to walk away with when they are finished reading your book? I want them to walk away. Honestly, feeling empowered about who God says that they are. Not about anybody else. What any? I don't care what the news say. I don't care about any of that stuff. But who does God say that you are? And God's love, his power, and favor in their lives. That's, that's, that is it. Develop that relationship, and I can guarantee you that the little things that happen daily will start to not impact you as much as they used to. Amen. Oh, wow. That is awesome. I think that's that's so important that they need to understand that you set the atmosphere for your life, and it starts with prayer. That is perfect. So where can we get this book? Where can we get this wonderful opus? Oh, thank you. You can go on to Amazon.com and get it, uh, The Little Book of Big Boat Prayers. And you can also go visit my website, FatimaScipio.com, and you can order it from there as well. So it's Fatima, F-A-T-I-M-A, Scipio, S-C-I-P-I-O.com. So it's Fatima, Scipio, one word, dot com. And um, enjoy the book and, you know, follow me on Twitter at Fatima Scipio, Instagram at Fatima Scipio, and take pictures of the books and send them to me. I love when people send me 
pictures of them with the book and how and tell me how you know they are enjoying reading it. And so, um, and I've gotten so many testimonials, and I'm just happy about that. But mostly because people are really, again, like I said, talking to God through prayer. Awesome, Fatima. I am excited about the book. I cannot wait for this signing. And I think this signing will be a little different than your previous book signings because this one, I, and I do remember you saying, it's going to be an e-book. It's going to be an e-book. And then you said, girl, it's going to be a hardcover of book. <laughs> and um, I also remember seeing a lot of requests for that book. Right. Social media, especially when yeah. you wrote after losing my mom, because we do have a lot of individuals who are at an age in a space where losing a parent is, is, is a reality for them. And then this book is right on time, you know, right. exactly what they need. So we're excited about it. So I thank you right. for being my very first guest. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. But if I may, if I can just say thank you to everyone who has been supporting the book project and sharing it on their social media pages, I really, really appreciate you. And so I thank you. Thank you, Fatima. Thank you so much. Okay, don't forget okay. to go on to com and get the book. You can also get it on Amazon.com. Um, the book is nine ninety nine. Yes. Yep. Nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine, and it's <laughs> a great stocking stuffer for Christmas. I really do. Oh yes. It should be more than just you know perfume and cologne. Sometimes you give individuals something that will inspire them in right when they're on their journey in life. Fatima, thank you so much for being on the show, and everyone, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Leave or send a message and share this podcast with your friends. Follow Karen on Twitter and Instagram at Karen St. Hilaire or visit www.karensthilaire.com.